another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're going to be talking about the third Doctor story, Terror of the Autons. Uh, but before we do get started just like talking about it, let's talk about some background of significance, which uh, this has a lot. Um, although it's a lot of like, it's a lot of major stuff, but there's not like cool stories really to go with any of it. Um <laughs> It's sort of just uh, they wanted a change after um, after the uh, uh, Pertwee's first season. Um, so this is the the beginning of season eight. Uh, Pertwee's first season was season seven, uh, which is one of the best seasons of the show. I think season seven, um, so good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. season eight, <laughs> what's that? Oh yeah, I was just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, that's 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 a pretty good season. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, you know, it was hard to screw it up. It was only four stories, um, yeah. but even still really good season. Um, so season eight started up and, uh, producer Barry Letts and, um, uh, Barry Letts and, um, Terrence Dix, uh, who were running the show at the time, um, they uh, made a decision. They were like, we should get rid of uh, Liz Shaw because she's just not interesting next to the doctor because she's too intelligent and we don't know how to write that kind of girl. Um, so <laughs> so uh, they got rid of her and um, brought in a new companion. And the plan was to actually bring in a male and female companion like uh, like uh, Jamie and uh, Zoe. Um from uh season six and uh so they so they did so they got joe uh joe grant and um mike what's his last name yates gates yates Yates. that's right um so mike yates except that mike yates kind of doesn't end up being a companion he just kind of ends up hanging out because he's just a unit soldier well Um, i mean because i would i would classify like the brigadier and Benton and Yates, because they all kind of are there and hang out. Because it's not like the doctor is going off into space and whatever. So they're kind of companions, but they're just unit companions. Yeah, but it's not the same thing. Like it's not. They're not like. There's only like one scene in this whole story where Yates is kind of Jamie-ish. Um, yeah. The the Coco scene. Yes. <laughs> um, like that's like the only one where I was like, oh yeah, I can see them being, him being sort of a companion sort of thing. But like I don't know, like he's not like directly involved with like what's going on. He's just like taking orders from the brigadier. You know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like he feels more like the brigadier's companion than the doctor's. That's that's fairly accurate. Um. So so uh. So they created these two new characters, and then while they were at it. We're like, let's do something really different and create a nemesis for the Doctor, uh, the Doctor's Moriarty, uh, that would be sort of the big bad of of this season and be in every story, um, which they later immediately regretted um, because <laughs> it gets really repetitive. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they created the Master. Um, and to start off the season, they brought back Robert Holmes to write this story. Uh, Terror of the Autons, which was um, originally called The Spray of Death. Uh, very <laughs> dramatic. Um, the Spray of Death. It's spray, but death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Robert Holmes was, uh, he, he he's going to write this and he's going to write the Autons again um, for, because, you know, the Spearhead from Space was so good and started off that season correctly. So they're like, oh, let's just do the same thing again. Um, Robert Holmes, uh, notable for not wanting to do the same thing again ever. Um, so he was kind of grumpy about this and I can feel it. I can feel it watching the story. I can feel him being a little grumpy, mm-hmm. um, about doing the autons again. Uh, especially cause it's like, it's like not only the autons again, but it's like the autons and a production line again. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it almost feels like uber repetitive on purpose like just because like oh you want me to do the same thing again fine we'll do the same thing again (laughs) um but he does get to write the master for the first time which is really cool and uh you know master in this is uh quite good um quite good i love business master that's that's i like it Mm -hmm. (laughs) just 
<laughs> just like sweating over paperwork, master. That's <laughs> that's what I like. Um, so yeah, so we get Roger Delgado as the first master, and it's it's so good. Did you read Roger Delgado's full name? I did. It's like thirteen names. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's see. Roger Caesar Ma- uh, Marius Bernard de, de Delgado Torres Castillo Roberto. That's 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 excessive. <laughs> Um, that's excessive. He's probably like either the firstborn or the youngest one, and then everyone wanted him to be named after them. So his parents were like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, <laughs> I know. Super accommodating. It's crazy, and I wonder out of all of these names, I wonder why Ro- Roger Delgado. Hmm. Like, why not Caesar Torres or mm-hmm. <laughs> Caesar Roberto? <laughs> Roger Roberto. Uh, I don't know. Caesar Castillo. <laughs> so many names. Uh, so many options. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, there's not really... I mean, the other thing, I guess, that's notable is that this is, like, one of the few Doctor Who stories that has no uh, director. Um, they're, like, according to the episode, the episodes, no one directed this. <laughs> It just um, happened. Yeah, it just it just <laughs> happened. Uh, they they set their cameras out and walked away, and this is what happened. Um, but uh, Barry Letts uh, technically directed it. He just wasn't allowed to take credit for it because, for some reason, the BBC had this weird rule where if you're a producer on the show, you can't write or direct. Um, just like if you're the script editor, you can't write you or can't direct. You can't have, like, a credit writing credit or whatever yeah yeah super weird super weird rule i don't i don't understand that it's like letting joss whedon show run a show and being like yeah but you can't write anything (laughs) what (laughs) doesn't doesn't make any sense (laughs) um so uh so that's that was that's a weird choice um but uh yeah so barry let's technically directed this although he doesn't get credit for it um but that's it uh so let's uh Let's talk about it, eh? Mm-hmm. All right. So first off, let's talk about the master showing up. Because uh, I watched the uh, documentary on this uh, about the about the master, and I liked how they were talking about the mirroring that was happening in this episode about how basically the doctor the doctor thinks that he's traveling with a bunch of clowns, and then the master actually is. <laughs> and I was like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> Oh, that's really funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. So, like, the doctor just like, ah, soldiers, bunch of clowns, all of them. And then the master's <laughs> just like, I've got clowns. You want to see my clowns? I got I a whole army of clowns. clowns. <laughs> 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 uh, and is... then the doctor is, like, unironically interested in the circus. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, the circus. That's fun. <laughs> I guess I, I would assume most people were unironically interested in the circus in the 70s. Yeah, that, yeah that's fair. There was, there was few uh, moments of entertainment back then. <laughs> <laughs> people were easily impressed. Look at these elephants. They're spinning in a circle. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those people climbing out of that tiny car. <laughs> so... So you know what I love about the, about about that first uh, that first moment with the master is that you hear the TARDIS noise, and then like that truck appears, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Wait, what?" Because <laughs> that's what's so awesome is like we haven't really seen another TARDIS really. Because uh, mm-hmm. did um did the did the monk have a TARDIS? Did we see his TARDIS? Yes. We did. Yes. So yes. so it's been since the first Doctor since we've seen another TARDIS, right? I I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So the fact that, like, another TARDIS shows up, like, or that the tar- you hear the TARDIS noise and you're like, oh, I, I know what this is. Like, and, and the fact that this is the season premiere, so you've forgotten that that he hasn't really fixed his TARDIS yet. So it's yeah. not... It's not mobile. So you're like, oh, he must have fixed it in, during the off season. And then it's not the police box. And you're like, wait, oh, did he like super fix his TARDIS? <laughs> and then out walks this other guy. And uh, so I really like that moment as like a 
as like a moment of like surprise, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I also really appreciate the fact that the thing that the TARDIS turns into, the shape, is a practical shape that makes sense for somebody to come out of it. Because later when the master like is, you know, does all kinds of things in his TARDIS, he's like columns and he's like a, isn't isn't somebody like a, like a dresser or something at some point. And it's just like, okay, now you're stretching the credibility of how you get out of that thing. (laughs) Um, Whereas this, I'm like, oh, okay. I understand this. Like, I understand how this thing would be bigger on the inside. You know? Right, yeah. Yeah, or like at least how you would get in and out of it. <laughs> um, whereas, like, yeah, there, there's, there's stuff in later later seasons and later instances of The Master where it's just like, uh, okay, I don't know about that column business. Yeah. No, it gets, it gets um, I don't know, like, this is pretty camping, campy, but it gets, like, exponentially more so and, like, more mustache twirly as he goes on. Right. And he's like, oh, I stepped out of this like dresser haha yeah and it's always a thing where you see the front of it but he always comes out the back of it because yeah. they can't explain <laughs> how he's actually coming out of it so they're just like we just won't show it it'll be fine and i'm like okay jonathan nathan turner it's not fine listen to me yeah. <laughs> it's not fine <laughs> um so uh so so uh yeah and that's and, and and I like to just to avoid that problem like in the new series they're just like he just doesn't have one it's fine like the master just yeah. doesn't have one he steals the doctors for a while but he doesn't have one like a working <laughs> one so we don't have to actually talk about that like talk about him like coming out of elephants and stuff although it's funny <laughs> because uh when I for a second because you know I hadn't seen this before so for a second when um when uh fancy gentleman uh time lord shows up and he mm-hmm. shows up making the TARDIS noise I was like wait did the master just did the master's TARDIS turn into like a like an English gentleman? like a dude <laughs> like is the is this the master just gonna come waltzing out of this dude's butt like what's going on <laughs> And then he started talking. I thought it was like this, this like crazy Monty Python thing that was about to happen. Oh my god! Yeah, because he just materializes out of thin air and then kind of floats gracefully towards the doctor's direction. Yeah, he looked like he was just like it looked like it was just a giant man, like a giant gentleman, <laughs> like out in a field, and and the master was just going to come waltzing out of that guy. <laughs> He's just like, oh, yours got yours got stuck as a box. Look, I guess it could have been worse. You could, you could appear everywhere as this giant oh, gentleman. Oh my goodness! And then the doctor the doctor just steals the dear materialization circuit. So there's just this giant dude in a field. And no yeah. one knows why. <laughs> just forever. <laughs> It becomes it becomes one of the wonders of the world. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's so weird. Like, and for those of you who haven't seen this story, if you haven't, like the guy, like the 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 Time Lord, he he materializes like a TARDIS, so he makes the, you know, the 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 e brake noise. No- yeah, the noise. Yeah, the noise. Like he makes that noise and then fades in and appears, just like a TARDIS, <laughs> but he's a dude. Like he's just a guy. It's just a guy who he's with like, got, like a bowler his cane hat and, and an his umbrella. Hat. <laughs> and he's, I mean, I mean, it looks like the kind of thing that Monty Python would like cut out and put into like one of their animation <laughs> sketches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like you just expect him to start doing like the funny walk, you know? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun. Artist things going on in this episode. Um, I, I want to know why a Time Lord hasn't ever appeared like that be- again. Because it's kind of incredible. And then he's like, oh, I'm going incognito, but I'm floating in the midair. Like, yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so uh, after the after the master's like introduction um, on the on the circus and he's like kind of is taking over the circus. Uh, which he has this whole plan with the Autons, which we'll get to in a little bit. But 
I have questions about that plan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, we go to um, the doctor, and I love the thing for the doctor's singing. I don't want to set the world on fire. And then he <laughs> sets the TARDIS on fire. And I'm just like, that's a beautiful Pertwee moment. That's what that is. Oh, I love it. Um, so he comes running out and then, uh, and then, and then the brigadier is like, or, or no, no, no. Joe shows up and it's just like, Hey, I'm your new assistant. Um, and he's like, <laughs> Oh, the hell you are. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to someone about this. Um, but I like that they just like put it on front street where it's just like uh, the doctor says like, I need a real assistant. And she, and he, and, and the brigadier is just like, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. We both know the, you don't. I love the exact line. Cause it's, it's just like something like pass you test tubes and tell you how brilliant you are. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's always the it's always the ones that because um, you know in the new series they found a way to make the companions like bickery but lovable, but mm-hmm. it, but the bickery ones in classic Who tend to be the ones that people don't like as much. Yes. Yeah. Um, because they didn't know how to write that correctly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but um, I I I uh, Joe, I find the origin of Joe as a companion like super problematic, but I can't help but kind of love Joe. Oh, I love Joe. Yeah. It's just like, really? You don't know how to write an intelligent woman? Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's, it's real Oh, bad. we're going to make her dumb. Uh, she should be blonde? <laughs> Question mark? Oh, boy. Uh, That's the ticket. Days, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Did uh, you... <laughs> in, the, in the background article... Um, I love that she's like the last person to audition. She's late to her audition. She forgets her glasses so she can't read. But they're just like, oh, you're perfect. Yeah, like- you're perfect. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> you're perfect. It's exactly what you what we want. And Pert was just like, you're right. That is what we want. <laughs> let's let's get her. I agree. Oh, I concur. Goodness. Oh boy. Um. So Joe Grant's fun. I mean, she certainly she per- certainly puts a because uh, here's the thing about this season. I I feel like season eight of Doctor Who is really a really fun season. Like it's not not every episode is great, mm-hmm. but I think that with the with the master being like the ongoing adversary and um and and Joe Grant's uh, addition to the show. I feel like the show gets really fun. Whereas season seven was like kind of a hard sci-fi show, really. Yeah. Um, which was really great. But I could understand maybe them worrying about uh, the show not being as entertaining as it once was. Mm-hmm. Um, for like for a, a lot of people. Uh Whereas, like, now we look back on season seven and we're like, oh, man, that was a really good season. <laughs> um, but I think that this season has uh, a playfulness to it that the previous season didn't. And I think a lot of that has to do with Joe. Yeah. Um, although it's so funny because, like, the very first cliffhanger involves her just being like, I really got to open this box. <laughs> and you're just like, no, don't. What are you doing? Look how dumb she is. Yeah, look at her. <laughs> like a monkey. Look, oh, look at no. her trying to open the box. I love Joe. It's 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 really interesting, like rewatching this because um, I also really love her departure story, mm-hmm. the the Green Death, and so like comparing her now or in this to comparing her like to how she grows, yeah. it's actually really cool. Like watching her. Because it feels really organic because, you know, she's just some kid that people don't, like, want to deal with. And, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that's one of uh, – I think we've talked we've talked about the Green Death previously on this show. And um, mm-hmm. I uh, – it's one of the episodes because it happens a lot where, like, the companion is just like, I'm in love now. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and, uh, and the doctor's like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, man, sad. Rides off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I think that episode, the Green Death, is one of the only times that it, that has actually worked. I think mm-hmm. uh, every other time it's just like, ooh, are you or are you just saying you are? <laughs> because <laughs> that's what's in the script. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I really like Joe, and I think that she adds a lot to the show. Um, uh, not the least of which, uh, Kung Fu Chops. Um, <laughs> When she's hypnotized and trying to open the box, that if she opens it, uh, it'll set off a bomb and explode everything. Um, but she's hypnotized. She so she doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, somebody tries to stop her, and she just she just stops what she's doing. Kung fu chops them, like kung fu chops them, like when you squeeze uh, an action figure's legs together, like yeah. kung fu chop. And <laughs> like, then <hi-ya. laughs> and then they this guy who is like twice her size. At least twice her uh, size. Doesn't she kung fu chop like Yates? Is it like, Yates? It, it's either Yates or Benton, but she just takes them out. Yeah, yeah, just takes them out. They're twice her size, <laughs> easily. She's a very petite like girl in this, like mm-hmm. very petite, and just takes them out with one chop, <laughs> and and then just goes back to what she's doing, like digging her paws into this box to try and open it. <laughs> Um, it's crazy. It's like, and she's like, I gotta open this box. Like that's 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 literally the cliffhanger. She's like, I really gotta open this box. <laughs> she's like, I gotta open this box. I gotta open this box. Joe, stop! Kung Fu Chop. I really gotta open this box. <laughs> the Doctor Who theme. It's it's kind of it's kind of like one of the weirdest. One of the weirdest <laughs> cliffhangers I think I've ever seen on this show, honestly. <laughs> because it's just like, what is going on? Oh, we should end the story. We should end the episode here. Um, I gotta open the box. I gotta open the box. I really I have think, to. I think my favorite cliffhanger in this, though, is um, in part three. Oh, with- yeah. Come on. <laughs> with the telephone. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, we'll get there. Oh. We'll get there. <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Yeah, no, this one is just bizarre because you're just like, what a we like. Who, how do you even think of that kind of cliffhanger? <laughs> like, what is that? I just, oh man. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to go back to the master a little bit because we we start to get um, we uh, the master's hideout is very confusing to me because sometimes it's a circus, but sometimes it's a junkyard. Yeah. But it, it's like on one side of the building where his office is, one side of it is the circus and the other side is the is the junkyard. Because <laughs> Joe is like hi- obviously hiding in a junkyard. Well, I think I think that's uh, like because I don't think the circus is near where the, the factory is supposed to be. But she's like canvassing factories. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah. Wow, it's so confusing. Um, yeah. Yeah. OK, so. Let's talk about the master's plan. Okay. <laughs> because, uh, okay, so he, he shows up and he's just like, I, I guess this all comes out in episode four, but we'll just talk about it now because it sort of sort of back paints everything that's going on. Um, mm-hmm. He basically is just like, I'm here to facilitate the Autons taking over the planet. And then the doctor is just like, but they're not going to know the difference between you and me. And so they're just going to conquer you, too. And he's like, ah, damn it. You're right. And then that's 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 it. And I'm like, really? You didn't think of that? Like, (laughs) if you're that easily swayed, like you didn't think about that previously. Also, why do you want the Autons to take over Earth? Like, what do you get out of that deal? Like, I don't I don't understand. And the way they paint it is like. The master just wants to prove that he's superior to the doctor. But then it's it seems like he doesn't know that the doctor's there until he finds out in the episode. Right. So I'm just really confused about what what he wants out of all of this. I I honestly, I think this want this plan in particular before he knows the doctor is there. He's just doing it for funsies. Like, oh hey, there's a planet. Hmm. Let's let's let the autons take over. That'd be fun. Like, it's 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 yeah, it's weird. 
because I I feel like I don't know. It, it's just very mustache twirly then. If yeah. it's just for funsies, it's very mustache twirly. Because if he's just like I'm evil, because why not? Like that's weird. I don't know. I don't know. I, and it's hard to like because the because um, the time lords obviously know about it, and they're like, oh, we can't really meddle in the affairs of whatever because we're awesome, but you can. Bye. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love. I love seeing like business master just like, just like just just sweating over paperwork. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> like, just a guy comes in. He's like, uh, I have a question. He's like, Can't you see I'm busy? Look at what I've got. Look at, look at my inbox is full and got all this filing to do, signing things. What do you want? <laughs> It's, it's, it's just great. It just, like, just bureaucratic master is my favorite thing. Oh, man. Uh, I think we, I think we missed a lot of that in, uh, when, when the, when the master became, uh, prime minister. Yeah. I wanted some more bureaucracy, because that's. Some paper pushing. Yeah. Oh, you have to sign this. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like, just like, just like late night, like sleeves rolled up. (laughs) You know, just like, oh, honey, I'm not going to be home until late. I've got to stay. I've got to stay late and make sure that the Peterson account goes through. Oh, man. Now I just want like like a West Wing version of like the master's like prime minister like regime. Just like... (laughs) All the staffers and stuff, just like, oh man, this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god, so good. I love it. Um, <laughs> I just love Business Master so much. Oh, I wish he did that more often. My favorite. Um, so that's that's why we need uh, we need Lady CI or L- L- Lady uh, 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 what is that? Uh, C C. Uh, CEO, lady CEO, master. That's what we need now. Yeah, I'm for it. <laughs> just, 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 uh, just, just the master, like in front of like a boardroom, just like telling everyone what to do, <laughs> or like making a presentation. Like she's not even in charge. You are you napping? <laughs> she, no, 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 no. I thought you were napping. She's she's not even in charge. She's just making a presentation. <laughs> That she's 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 spent all weekend working on. She's got like two assistants. Oh man, I don't uh, know why I find that so funny, but I just do. It's so good. <laughs> um, so okay, so now we're in episode two, in which we meet uh, ugly naked Fang baby troll monster doll, <laughs> um, and it is the most horrifying thing imaginable. And the most, like, size inconsistent, like, creature ever. Oh, I know. Like, when it scurries away, it's, like, two inches tall. And I'm really confused by it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, did you guys only get, like, one shot at that? Is that... (laughs) I mean, I know it's, it's, like, green screen or blue screen or whatever screen. But, like, you couldn't just, like, you know, bring the camera in a little further so that... The, the size matched up a little better. Is episode two where the plastic chair strangles a man to death? Yeah. 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 <laughs> episode two. Thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's some good stuff. That's I really honestly, I just think that this is like Robert Holmes just being like, I don't care. Like, just <laughs> this would be funny, I guess. <laughs> type, 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 type. <laughs> but it's still so good. Yeah. For him not caring, I'm really jealous. Yeah, I mean, he can't he can't help but not be good, you know? Yeah. Um, well, especially especially out, what's that? You haven't seen the space pirates. Well, outside so. of space pirates, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> I was going to say once once you hit spearhead in space, he can't yeah. he can't he can pretty much do no wrong. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, so they have this troll doll and it's like it's like attacking people's faces for no reason like it's just <laughs> attacking their faces and it's whenever it gets warm it like attacks people's faces and uh it's just this little uh, fang baby troll doll 
uh, and it's ugly and <laughs> assassin. <naked>. It's just <laughs> horrifying. It's horrifying. Um, Can you imagine if that was the last thing you saw? <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Oh god. It's just strangling you, yeah. and you're like, no. Oh please, no! Don't let this be the last <laughs> thing I see. For the love of God, please, no. Oh. Oh. What a way to go. Oh boy. Oh man. Um. Yeah, so uh, the doctor goes and investigates the circus, and um, circus folk, uh, not too fond of the doctor, because they, they just, they run him out of town. <laughs> they, like, they all gang up on him, and then he's just like, oh, I gotta call for a ride, and then, and then a ride shows up, and he's just like, oh, okay, so Brigadier must have sent this ride, and they get in the, they get in the, into the, 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 the to the car, um, the doctor and Joe, and uh, there's like two drivers, and they're driving off, and it's uh, turns out that they're an auton, <laughs> they're autons, <laughs> and it's that's that's a pretty silly cliffhanger because it's only a cliffhanger for the doctor. Like we all knew that that was an auton. Yeah, it's like, like oh man, the police—they're so nice and friendly. Where are they taking us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's like uh, that. The cliffhanger doesn't really work because it's it's not a surprise for anyone except for the for the characters. Um mm-hmm. but uh I mean, you know, I like have we seen at this point in episode 2, have we seen the uh the uh Big Head Brigade? No. Okay. They they come in episode 3, the right? Big Head Brigade. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks like they look like Autons if like somebody put in like that Big Head cheat code from like the Nintendo 64. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's what they look like. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they they just look like they look like Auton uh an Auton barbershop quartet with the Oh my god. with the big head with the big head sheet on. <laughs> please watch this cereal, please. Yeah. Uh, oh. So um so the so in episode three, like okay, so the the doctor and Joe get out of that because the doctor like judo chops him and they're fine, um, <laughs> they get away, and uh, the master then is just like he's talking about all of the plastic and he's just like oh we got plastic sheets we got plastic flowers we got plastic this we got plastic that plastic 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 it's gonna be amazing there's so much plastic and then i and i was just like why is he why why are we talking about plastic so much and then i realized right this is the 70s plastic probably still scared people yeah because it was a I'm somewhat sure, new I'm sure technology the autons, you know yeah i'm sure the autons didn't help though it's like oh man these guys make plastic living right isn't that terrifying? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I feel like everyone so like everyone's just sort of like, oh, what is this plastic thing? That's weird. Uh like this synthetic thing. And so they're just doing science fiction stories about it. <laughs> like I imagine that the autons aren't even aliens. Like I imagine the autons are like plastic from uh, a future like from from Earth in the future, like Planet of the Apes style, but it's like Planet of the Plastic. And they've just like they've come back in time. Is it like the flesh? Ooh. Oh, interesting. Too bad those. We make our own continuity here on the doctor's. Yeah, (laughs) like normal business as usual. (laughs) Oh Um, my goodness! So, uh, evil plastic flowers—that's a thing. Uh, We get our first instance of the master of disguise. (laughs) <laughs> which becomes an ongoing thing um especially especially after roger delgado yes um but uh yeah so he like pretends to be that guy and he gets really annoyed he's like oh everybody's checking my pass why do you gotta <laughs> check it too and he's like come on hand it over all right you're all right and he's like yeah i'm all right and then and now it's the master <laughs> i know that's <laughs> I, that's my favorite parts of Robert Holmes stories is like it's it's all of those kinds of scenes where it's just people being people mm-hmm. like those are my favorite scenes because it no one else does those scenes except Robert Holmes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, he was like he was like the Russell T Davies of the time because he was the only one like willing to make every character a full character rather than just mm-hmm. like a plot device, you know? Yeah. Um, and I I just I really I really respect that. Like every <laughs> every time there's just like two people like two randos that you don't know anything about. Like you're gonna love that scene in a Robert Holmes story because <laughs> it's so funny. Um. So uh. So there's that. And then, uh, and then we get uh, the doctor and the master's first conversation, which is on the phone, uh, which, as was pointed out in the master documentary on this DVD, um, they said that uh, that is also the first way that the master and the doctor interact in. Oh, the third, yeah, in, yeah, in the third in the third series, um, and I was like, oh, interesting. You know, the first time they interact is like really that phone call. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they're talking like through the TARDIS at first, but that like where where the master is like not just like freshly regenerated and is like at his like full power is that first conversation they have is over the phone. And it's like, oh, look at that callback. Nice. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah. So they have this conversation and uh, the master's just like, LOL, and then turns this thing on <laughs> and then. The doctor starts getting strangled by the phone because, as you know, phones are made of plastic. (laughs) So he gets strangled from the phone and we get, I think, quite possibly the greatest Pertwee face ever. Oh, I love I love Pertwee's assortment of cliffhanger faces. But this is definitely like top five cliffhanger face. Oh, my God. Because he's like working so hard at looking like he's strangling. And he's, like, strangling himself, and it's so funny. He's practically sticking out his tongue. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so ridiculous, and it's just glorious. Uh, it, it reminds me of that little, like, emoticon with, like, the crossed eyes and then, like, the little tongue sticking out. Yeah. Like, that's literally what he's doing. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> incredible. Um, it's so good. Uh, so, so then, uh, part four starts up and like Brigadier walks in and just pulls the phone out of the wall. Problem solved. I love, I love that the master broke into unit just to plant this fake phone. Yeah. Just to kill the, like, the doctor's like, hello. And the master's like, goodbye, doctor. And that's literally their conversation. (laughs) Hello? No, I think you mean goodbye. (laughs) And then it's the strangle button. Oh, man. Oh, Why perfect. don't our phones have strangle buttons? That's useful. <laughs> uh, so so the master's plan is to use these satellite dishes to send out this signal to, like, wake up all the plastic on the planet, basically, um, mm-hmm. so that the autons can, can take over. And, uh, you know, for funsies. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> So he goes to this radio tower to do it. And I realize, like, it's really interesting because I I sincerely doubt that they did this on purpose. But I find it really interesting that their first appearance involves an adventure on a on a satellite dish in a, in a radio tower. And so does, like, Legopolis. Oh. Yeah. I just – I find that interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's very cyclical. Because I like to pretend that that's the last master story. Um, Legopolis. <laughs> uh, I I actually really like Planet of Fire as so the last I. master story. So do yeah. I. So do I. I just there, – there's a bunch in between there that yeah. are not so oh good. Oh, <laughs> Time Flight. Have you seen Time Flight yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, – uh, radio tower thing happens. There's a really awkward editing beat where the master throws a guy off of the tower. Um, <laughs> that's like done completely in close ups and it's super awkward and weird. Um, and uh, they get up there and then the the doctor's just like, you know, when they take over the planet, they're not going to they're not going to not take you over, too. And the master's just like, oh, crap. And then, You're right. And then they and then they reverse the polarity and everything's fine. <laughs> um and then the master, you know, he he gets he 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 gets away and he's in the, he's in like there's like a big shootout with the with the big head brigade uh autons 
who are like passing out the free plastic flowers to everyone <laughs> um so they can all be killed by them later uh and uh and uh yeah so like the master like walks out he runs back to them during like a shootout between unit and those the big head brigade and then uh he comes out of the van when he thinks he's cornered and they shoot him because he like pulls out a gun but then it turns out uh master disguise can also the master is so good at disguising he can also disguise other people to look like him (laughs) and then he gets away in the van and that's it it's it's so funny i i just i i love this idea of this the master just 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 like driving away and just like laughing, like I'll get you next time, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. I love it, uh, and the fact that like the doctors even they're like, "Oh, aren't you upset he got got away?" And he's just like, "Meh, it's fine. <laughs> I'll get him next time. Whatever. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun, <laughs> guys. I'm looking forward to it. Right? This season's gonna be good. Right? Am I right, guys?" Wink, wink. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> funny. Uh, I, I will say I, I the one-two punch of, of this story followed by The Mind of Evil, like that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, you could watch this season and just go Terror of the Autons, Mind of Evil, and the Demons, and you'd have a really good season. Yeah. Um, what else is in this season? Claws of Axis oh. and Colony in Space. Oh, yeah. Really? Colony in space? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Demon the demons is the finale. Yeah, I love the demons. Oh yeah. Um but yeah, Claws of Axis is extremely boring, as we've talked about on the show before. Um I don't know anything about Colony in Space. I haven't seen it yet. But uh I don't remember really anything, so The picture that... is a little alien dude in a chair with tiny arms. <laughs> I don't know. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so like I I feel like you could go t- terror to mind to demons, and this is a really fun like trilogy of master stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially considering I mean, there's not a whole lot of continuity between them, <laughs> so no. you could you could really do that and get like a really fun master season, I think. But uh, the next season, though, not the best. The next season is well. I like I like the Sea Devils for a master story. I don't know that I've seen Sea Devils. Um, it has that super iconic Doctor Master sword fight scene. Okay. Um, oh, that sounds vaguely familiar. Maybe I have yeah. seen Sea Devils, but I mean the mutants and the time monster are oh no so bad. Um, I think Day of the Daleks is the good Pertwee Dalek story, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the time travely one, right? Yes. Like the Terminator Dalek story? Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> Curse of Peladin's fine. Um, oh, I love Curse of yeah, Peladin. Yeah. I, I, well, that's yeah. what I meant. I don't mean, like, just fine. I just mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's a like, good oh, one. Fight, fight, fight me. Yeah. Fight me, Scott. So then I guess maybe maybe the first three are good then, and then those last two are just like, it just goes out on such a sour note. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. The mutants and the time monster back to back. Ouch. Ouch. I, I keep thinking that I want to watch, like, rewatch all of Classic Who in order, and then I just think of stories like that. Yeah. And I remember that they're next to each other, yeah. and I'm like, hmm. It's the ones that are next so to each other that'll kill you. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's Terror of the Autons. Um, it's, uh, it's fun. It's not as good as Spearhead in Space, though. It's, I, the thing. Whenever I watch, like, Robert Holmes stories, um, because it's funny that he doesn't like using, uh, like, his creations over again, but he practically, like, pretty much does very, very similar things. Like, he has very similar writing tropes. Yeah. Um, Like, and I don't remember if he does it in Spearhead, but he definitely starts, like, the, the villain devil act thing. In this one, with, like, the Master and the Autons, and then, like, the Master and the Plastics dude. Like, right. And, like, so it's interesting watching those things pop up again and again, and they keep working so well. Yeah. And I don't know how he did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's true. I you know, you know what the problem, I think, too, with the Master? Like, because I like the idea of, like, the Master being the Doctor's Moriarty, but my, my problem is, like... 
I feel like people misunderstand the point of Moriarty um, a lot where they're just like, oh, they see the Moriarty as like, I don't know, something that he's not. They almost see him as like the Joker and it's he's not the Joker. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, he's kind of a background player, you know, for like most yeah. of it, which is why, like, I don't know. He like it, I think it would make more sense if you did a season where it turned out the master was responsible for like all the BS that the doctor went through that season. Right. And then he's just like, ah, it was me the whole time. And, and like that, then you're like, Oh, okay. That's the Moriarty. Like that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the idea. Cause I think the problem ultimately like with this season, I, I like the idea that he is responsible for every problem this season, but because it's it's Roger Delgado and you you want Roger Delgado in the show, uh, it I think they end up overdoing it, um, and they also like play too much up on the it was the master and it's like yeah no we know we know <laughs> season eight I know it's it's the master we get it, um, I feel like if they didn't play up if it was just like every episode was always the master and you knew it was the master but. It was more like, oh, this is this is an episode about the Autons, and then the Master is turns out to be responsible for it all, or like, you know what I mean? Like there was a guy that was right. responsible for it all. Oh, it ends up being this guy. Um, I guess Mind of Evil is more of a very specific uh, Master story. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. very specifically the Master is the villain of that story. Right. Um, but I like that too, though, because it's sort of like a revenge from what happened last week, you know? <laughs> um, he's just like, ah, you really screwed me, so I guess I should do something. Sinister. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. The Master is interesting. I, I, feel like, I feel like there's a lot of really interesting things that you could do with the Master, and I don't think a lot of interesting things have been done with the Master. <laughs> that's That's fair. Yeah. Because a lot of the times it's just like, oh, we need somebody evil. Uh, the, the master. Like a lot of Davison master stories. Yeah. Like, why are you here? There's no purpose to you other than to be evil. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anthony Anley was so mustache twirly. <laughs> they talk about that in that documentary about, like, the problem with Anthony Anley being that uh, they were trying to recreate Roger Delgado rather than let Anthony yeah. Anley do his own thing. Yeah, that's my that's my problem with him too. Because he's a great actor mm-hmm. when he's doing his own thing, but like he's just mimicking Delgado the whole time, and that's not what I want from his master. Right. Because I have a whole season and a half of Delgado already. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm right there with you. <laughs> um. So, uh, so yeah, so that's it. And, uh, Joe, it's interesting because like, I honestly, after that first episode, like Joe kind of just is there for the rest of it. Um, which is unfortunate. She, after, after the box thing, it's like, she just like stopped trying out of shame. (laughs) The box thing. (laughs) Um, but I don't know. Also, I love the I love how they how they get out of the box thing where the doctor just throws it out the window into the water. Yeah, and it just makes a big splash, and that's supposed to be an explosion. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Uh, budget. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's uh, Tear of the Autons. It's a fun one. It's a really fun yes. one. Uh, yes. I wouldn't even put it in the top ten of uh, Robert Holmes. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a fun story and it's, it's certainly, I mean, it's really entertaining, you know? Yeah. Um, which you can't always say about classic who, um, no, yeah. Like Claws of access, not entertaining. Honestly, the only thing I remember from Claws of access is that, that like homeless guy on a bike mm-hmm. and he's the, the funniest part of that story. That's true. <laughs> He is really good, but there, but the, that's the one with like the gold-plated alien dudes. Yeah, yeah. with the weird like, like uh, they're like suckers. Yeah, like on a, it's weird. Yep, sure is. It's weird, and the doctor slaps Joe. Like, oh I'm yeah, about that. Yeah, that happens too. <laughs> oh boy. Um, 
All right. Well, that's that's that, I guess. Uh, <laughs> if uh, if you guys want to, uh, if you have any thoughts about this story that you want to share, uh, find the post of this episode on mind or on the doctorscompanion.us and leave a comment, or you can send us an email tdcpodcast at gmail.com if you're on twitter follow at tdcpodcast you'll know the second a new episode hits or you can follow our personal accounts i'm at scott corelli and cassandra is at darkhearted rose if you like the show do us a favor leave us a review on itunes uh it really helps us out helps people find the show helps us seem more legitimate than we are <laughs> we're um, totes legit i promise <laughs> uh but most importantly get out there and be our street team and tell people about us tell people we exist uh next time uh nick will be back to talk about uh the stolen earth and journey's end Ooh, um, exciting the uh series four finale um and then on the other side of that we've got paul montgomery talking about uh, the Eighth Doctor Adventures Series Three. That's that's the uh, big finish stuff with Lucy Miller, and then uh, Brian McNamara to talk about Planet of Evil, and then Cassandra will be back to talk about the King's Demons. Woo! Yeah, another master story, I believe. Oh yeah, it yes, is. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, the other guy. <laughs> uh, so there you go. All right, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.